2: The sense maker. Hello, I'm Claudia and this is The SenseMaker. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today, why is NATO saying no to calls for a no-fly zone over Ukraine? On March the 1st, day six of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Boris Johnson arrived in Warsaw. He was there to meet European leaders, to discuss the imminent refugee crisis and how to deal with Russian President Vladimir Putin. And as part of his trip, the Prime Minister delivered a speech in the Polish capital.
3: And we must be rational in our response and recognise that
2: Russia is capable… Sitting in the audience was Daria Kalinyuk. She's the director of the Anti-Corruption Action Centre in Kyiv. Just two days before, she'd fled her home in the Ukrainian capital with her young children.
3: ...which are going from the sky. And Ukrainian people are desperately asking for the West to protect our sky. We are asking for the no-fly zone. We are saying in response that it will trigger World War Three. But what is the alternative, Mr. Prime Minister? To observe how-
2: Doria is clear about what's needed. And she is not alone. Like many other Ukrainians, including the president, Vladimir Zelensky, she is calling on NATO to implement a no-fly zone. She says it could save millions of lives. But Boris Johnson and other leaders continue to say no. Why? A no-fly zone would ban any Russian aircraft or missile from entering Ukrainian airspace. It would prevent Putin's army from launching air attacks, transporting troops and conducting surveillance. But for this to work, it would have to be enforced. And that is where the problem lies for NATO members.
3: We have to understand that imposing any form of no-fly zone over Ukraine is an act of war. It will involve NATO aircraft shooting down Russian aircraft. It will require NATO aircraft to attack and destroy Russian air defense installations
1: and radars on the ground. So very rapidly, we would go from a war in Ukraine to a war right across Europe and indeed with the United States and Canada as members of NATO, and a war against Russia as a state.
2: My colleague Paul Karana-Galizia has spent the last week reporting from Poland's border with Ukraine. On his way home, he stopped in Warsaw, where he met Daria.
3: And I was begging yesterday, Boris Johnson, I met him at the press conference here, and I asked him that, Prime Minister, what is the alternative to the no-fly zone? So that all these missiles could be hit, you know, and could be protected by, also by, by NATO systems. And Boris Johnson told that they are not ready to do that because they are afraid of World War Three. But what? what NATO was prepared for? Why NATO was established? Why European Union was established? Never before they saw it. Never before millions of people and innocent people should be killed in act of war, in act of... Uh, elimination of certain people and what Putin is doing he is saying this that he is solving the Ukrainian question what Hitler was doing he was solving the Jewish question
1: he wants to eliminate Ukraine is that what he wants
3: yes and he wants to eliminate Ukrainians as an as, a, as, a, as an idea so therefore he is he's bombarding railway station with thousands of women and children and NATO is observing that. And the EU is observing that. And saying, sorry, we are afraid of the World War III. And I was saying to Boris Johnson, but it is already World War Three. You have to realise that. And Ukraine cannot fight that war alone.
2: Daria wasn't the only person Paul spoke to who was convinced the war is about more than just Ukraine.
1: One Ukrainian man we met at a border crossing said... Um, to us, you in the West should know that Putin is an international terrorist, he said, and he won't just stop at Ukraine, he'll keep going. Do you think that's true?
3: Absolutely. He is international terrorist. Russians will not stop. They already told what are their security guarantees they want. They want all countries with joint NATO um, after 2000, if I recall well, uh, to forget about NATO. It's, it's Baltic countries. It's Poland. It's Romania. So it's all eastern eastern flank of NATO. And Russians are saying, Putin is saying, it's all mine. I all want that because I feel unsecure.
2: Daria thinks that by facilitating Russian oligarchs, the West is complicit in this war and has a responsibility to protect
3: Ukraine. And they can do f- no-fly zone. They say they cannot do no-fly zone, but they can and they should... And they must create the alternative. Call it not a no, no-fly zone. But what's wrong with NATO air defense systems, which are here in Poland, in Romania, Bulgarian, Bulgaria, in Baltics, hitting Russian missiles over the Ukrainian territory? What's wrong with that? Is that, you know, announcing the war on Russia? It's Ukraine, sovereign nation, asking... Help us to hit these missiles, we didn't invite these missiles into our country. They are killing innocent people. Help us to protect our nuclear power plants. Because they can hit nuclear power plants. And then the border will not protect you guys all.
2: Two days after Paul spoke to Daria, a Russian attack caused a fire at the Zaporizhia plant, the largest nuclear power station in Europe. On Friday, Jens Stoltenberg, the NATO Secretary-General, held another meeting with foreign ministers from the alliance. It was to discuss next steps. Amongst those at the meeting was José Manuel Álvarez, the Spanish foreign minister. For the first time, he suggested NATO would discuss a possible no-fly zone. But he is just one voice. His counterparts have maintained that they will not engage with Russian troops and risk being dragged into a third world war. For many of the Ukrainian refugees Paul spoke to last week, that's simply not good enough. And they warn that Putin seems unlikely to stop at Ukraine. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Sensemaker. It's made by a team of us at a newsroom called Tortoise. And if you want to talk more about this story, you can join me on Twitter Spaces at 12.30 UK time today. Just search for at Tortoise on Twitter to join the conversation. Today's episode was written and produced by Gary Marshall and Paul Caruana Galizia. The Sensemaker.